Welcome to a brand new edition of Out the Box Talks. I'm your host, Krill. Today, we have another special guest. Let me first shout out to all of our listeners who've been tuning in to our weekly shows ever since we made the jump from bi-weekly shows to every Friday. I've seen a listener growth, so big ups, big ups to everyone listening. We are at episode 27, so I'm going to keep it rolling. Big shout out to my co-host, A-Level, who couldn't be here today. Um, So today, we actually have another dope MC that I'm so excited to introduce to our audience. He uh, is originally from New York, Philly area, and in some recent years moved to the Bay Area. You can actually hear the Bay Area influence in his music a lot as well. I got wind of him about, I want to say maybe about a month or two ago on, in regards to his new album, Space Ninja. Um, I think it came out like the end of February. And I got to say, I was really intrigued by the music. I liked the direction of the sound. It sounded different, you know. um, But what really drew me was his content, right? His conscious subject matter. So um, I'm really excited to have him here today. So without further ado... I would like to introduce to our out-the-box listening audience, Brother M.H. The Verb. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome, M.H. Yo, what's up, Carl? How you been? I'm good, man. How are you? Oh, I'm living, man. I'm just, you know, taking it one day at a time out here. Listen, I probably should have said that first, right? You know, we usually say we good, <laughs> and we really not. Yeah, man, I feel you, man, taking it one day at a time. Man, I'm so happy to have you here, man. I know I'm, um, you oh, know. Oh, man, we blessed to be here. Yes, yes. Yeah, we're supposed to have this interview, you know, the night before, so I'm glad that you were able to reschedule with me, man. Thank you for that. Oh, man, I got time for you, fam. I got time for you. Much respect, man. So, as I said earlier in the intro, you know, I, I got wind of you through your new album, Space Ninja. But I also got a chance to check out some of your previous work. Um, so, you know, the bulk of this interview, I do want to kind of talk about Space Ninja. But before we get into sure. that, can you give us a little history on, you know, your music career? How did you get from, you know, the beginning of this journey as an MC, as an artist? to where you are now? I've, I've, I've been an artist my entire life. Uh, in terms of music, I was doing music in high school, went to art school, um, you know, mostly just, I'm not a traditional musician, so I've always been, you know, I remember playing, making beats on Fruit Loops in high school and stuff like that and started a little, you know, what we called a label back then. Uh, went to college in Pittsburgh, started a band. I started getting into more of the live sound uh, in Pittsburgh and really started, uh, you know, checking out artists like The Roots and High Respects and all these cats. And then um, started a band with some friends. And, and really, it was the be- that was the beginning of it all, man. Just, uh, you know, getting involved in, in all the aspects from activism to radio and DJing and, 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 and the business side of it as well. And um, when I moved to Philly back in 2010, um, I was originally with a the label there and I uh, was working on some, some stuff 
from writing and producer for some other artists and the label went belly up. So I was, I had like a month left in the studio with some homies and we were like, yo, let's get this album out. And I was like, I got all these songs I wrote. Let me just put them, let, let me just put them down for myself. And that was my first album, uh, back in 2010, my first mixtape technically. Mm. Um, and yeah, man, it's just been really growing and developing and building, uh, you know, it, it's crazy because the world, so our artist community is so small. So being in Philly and New York met so many people coming through who really put me on and, uh, you know, just kept developing the concepts and the uh, ideas with the family, the fam and, and just, uh, yeah, man. And we're here a decade later doing space ninja and, uh, I wish I could have went on tour and brought that to the people, but people have been really supportive, man. And I appreciate that energy. Dope, 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 man. Like I said, man, I definitely want to talk to you about Space Ninja, which is such a dope album, man. I actually also listen <laughs> to Afronaut. Yeah, the Afronaut album is yeah. sick too, man. Like really good too. That's that's but, really where the, the whole Afrofuturism started with me. Um, well, not started, but it was really where it kind of you know came up and uh and, and really surfaced itself in my in my art and music. Mm, wow. Tell me about the space helmet that we see you don in a lot of your music videos, as well as in your album art. How did it come to be a part of your persona? Yeah, you know, it's, it's um, I'm a student of the game, man. I'm a student, and uh, I think that's important as we look at, uh, you know, hip hop is one of those one of those things that's interesting because of the fact that. It's it's an art form that is a culture as well. So being a student of the game, I remember early on listening to cats like uh, like MF Doom was one of my favorites. You know, like wow. as a even a, just as a beat maker and stuff like that. And so I always like dug that kind of vibe that like that whole the Doom was always a big influence in terms of how he uh, just his persona, especially in the way he kind of vibed with that. And I always wanted to do something like that. Uh, and, and Dead Mouse as well, and uh, you know just the the way that they kind of had this imagery that went behind it. So I actually found this when we came up with the Afronaut concept. It was me, my homie George Cassius, uh, my engineer Cylon, uh, and he. We were sitting in the studio listening to some bus crates beats to the homie who produced most of Afronaut, and we were in there because we were had just wrapped up my previous project, Balloon Guide, and we were sitting in there listening to these beats, you know, smoking an L. And being, being like, yo, what's the crew? Like, this is a concept album because Bus Crate's got these real spacey beats. And so we came up and we were like, yo, what if we were the last black people on earth? You know? <laughs> and so it kind of came, developed into that, the whole idea of doing like a black exploitation film in space. And so, you know, came up with the character and, and just the whole vibe. And we found the uh, helmet on Google and started designing these different, found a, a cheap version started designing different ones with different colors and wow. you know just playing around with the with the imagery man just trying to be creative it's a pretty unique helmet i'm curious to know is it the <laughs> same helmet that you that you've been using ever since the first time nah man we've gone through honestly about like 10 or 11 of them at this point because wow. they because they're actually pretty you know they've actually become pretty popular now. The helmets that we use, um, they're easy to find on Google. And that was part of the, the, the thing about it too. We wanted to keep it like, you know, the astronaut is every man, you know, it's not just a, about us and it's not just about, you know, black people even. Uh, and, and, and it's really just something that everybody can like kind of be a part of. 
And so we, what we did specifically is just started getting the, the helmets and then like putting different patches on them and, you know, spray painting them and just having fun with it. Right. Wow. That's dope. It, it sounds similar to the, um, the different phases of the doom mask, right? The, the yeah. end of doom mask. So it's, <laughs> yeah. I, I like that. Doom is actually yeah, my man. favorite MC. So that's pretty dope. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's crazy because I remember listening to doom and I always just, like I always liked his flow and everything, but I was always like the beats are crazy, the chop, chop uh, beats and stuff like that, and the uh, the what is it, uh, dimes for dollars and all that stuff, and right. and um, you know, Doom got a got a just a, an amazing aesthetic, and it's just people yes. remember it. Like even if you're not like you know people who aren't huge fans and stuff like that, they can like it's really something to latch onto and have fun, even when he's spitting like really serious stuff, you know? Right, right. Wow, yeah, that's that's definitely true, man. Uh, I wanted to ask you, like, I, I I looked at your YouTube channel and I see it has the name Marcus Harris, right? Is that where the MH comes yeah. in the name? That is, and yeah, we, yeah. And where I, does the verb come it's from? It's funny because uh, okay, go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, the um, no, no, it's it's cool. Like I said, in, in college, I went to University of Pittsburgh, and we started this band. My my homie Paul Epson, who was the bassist, we started a band together because we had gone to a spot called the Shadow Lounge, right? which is a, a legendary, legendary um, um, Pittsburgh venue that's put on so many great artists. Like, it's one of the, it's the first place, like, I think Mac Miller performed, and, like, a lot of cats came through there, people who would come through the Berg, and we saw this band there called High Respects. Um, and they were, you know, they had, like, live instruments and all this stuff, and we were just, like, so amazed that you could have that organic flow. So we started a band called The Beats and the Verbs because it was uh, two or three vocalists and, and uh, a whole band of, you know, these dudes playing these really funky, jazzy riffs, which has kind of been my formula since day one. Mm -hmm. And we started the band called The Beats and Verbs. So on campus, as we started getting more popular, like we, we became pretty popular in the city. In fact, like one of the cats who opened for us originally was Wiz Khalifa. Mm -hmm. And so they used to call, they used to, you know, I never really had a rap name. So cats used to just be like, yo, Marcus, Marcus Harris, and I, Marcus Harris, yo, the verb, the verb. And so it just became, I think a friend of mine just started saying MH, he used to call me MH. And so it just kind of stuck when I would, I, like one night I remember being at the pizza parlor, you know what it is? And somebody was just like, yo, MH, the verb. Dope, dope. So it just kind of stuck, you know? It's funny how stuff like that always just, it just, it just takes on a life of its own. Yeah, it's natural. Yeah, man. It wasn't even trying to like, I wasn't trying to come up with it. I was just Marcus Harris, man. Just government name. Mama called me it. Wow. So. <laughs> dope, dope. In the album description yeah. for Space Ninja, you state that we use the word ninja out of respect for the ancestors and to empower generational communication. Yeah. And it even goes on yeah. to talk about how difficult it is sometimes for our elders to connect with this generation's music under all of the profanity, right? Yeah. And while I think it, you know, omitting the N word and the B word is like a great step. I'm also curious to know what are some other things you think both generations could be doing to better understand each other and develop mutual wow, respect? Yeah. yeah, man. I think it's, I think that's one of the things, you know, with the work I do on, in communities and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to become more purposeful in everything I do. 
whether that's music, um, just the, you know, my, my business, how I operate. And I think one of the things that I've realized, you know, I'm a connector. I'm a, a person who's, I enjoy talking to people, having like one-on-one conversations. And so talking to the elders and stuff like that has been natural to me. You know, I'm like, my family has always been a big part of it. My parents, um, and I think that what happens, especially right now, like we look at where we are right now today with the BLM movement and all the, you know, the, the reforms that we're trying to push for, for defunding police and mm-hmm. all that stuff that we're trying to do, we have to look back and see what people have done before us. I think sometimes that gets lost in the age of where, you know, especially in our black community, so many of our elders have been taken away from us. Right. Because of things like bad health or the prison justice system or uh, or just like, you know, mass incarceration to, to our fathers and stuff like that. So there's like been generations of disconnecting. That's how they kind of that's how it started with our communities. And and we're trying to bring that back, you know, and we're doing a really strong job because I feel like we can't we, we're fighting, you know, we're fighting for our lives. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I realized, though, is that there's all these tools now. You know, we got cell phones in our pockets. We can connect with people halfway across the world. And it's easy for us to do that if you know how to use those things. Technology has made it so easy. But sometimes we don't connect with the people who are right there next to us. And that's our elders a lot of the times and getting their wisdom and their understanding and then showing them how to use these tools as well. So that's a big purpose of mine. And just trying to have those conversations, man. If we can't, if we can't get past words, you know, like we have to have that kind of respect for, I don't personally have a problem with using the N word. Um, it's not something that bothers me. It's something now I've chosen not to do though, because of the mm-hmm. conversations that I've had right, right. with respect to the elders, like it means something totally different to them. And if, and if I can't get my message to them or if they can't get their messages to me, what are we really doing? You know? Right. Right. I was reading, in the album description that you have on Bandcamp, I think you said that you wanted to, with this Space Ninja album, you wanted to be able to approach the promotion for this a little different, right? Like, I think you wanted to yeah. wanted to be in, like, museum spaces. Uh, yeah. I think that, I can't remember exactly what you said, but I was just curious to know how that was working nah, out for you, like, in this COVID yeah, it, all the craziness happening right now. Like, how's that working out for uh, you? Like, are you still able to reach some of those goals via the internet? You know, it's, it's really interesting because the world has changed so much in the last few months. Right. Mm-hmm. And so my original, like you touched on my original purpose was to use this as a catalyst to bring those communities together. Right. right. So the reason I came up with space ninja was cause I'm going to, I'm in a men's group out here in Oakland and it's, and it's brothers of all different ages. And they inspired me by a conversation we were having with Nipsey Hussle pass away. Mm-hmm. And they were saying about, you know, we were trying to share to them what Nipsey, what Nipsey meant to the community. And they didn't know who Nipsey was. They didn't understand. And then when we played, when we told them what he meant, they were like, Oh, that's dope. But then we played the music. Right. And so people couldn't, they couldn't get past that though, the words in the music, and so that was a really interesting thing. So I wanted to initially have this be out of, you know, I'm hitting 30. So I'm in the point where I'm kind of between generations mm-hmm. and I wanted to do this in a way that we could bring people together. Like you said, art galleries, you know, meetings, have meetings around the, the topics of the songs right. and not just, 
you know, just performing in the club when people are drinking and, and partying. I wanted to really take this, you know, from the street to the, to the boardroom, to the office, to the community center, to the, you know, like everywhere and do more with the art installations and, you know, just the whole aesthetic. Right. With COVID hitting, man, it's been, it's been, it, it, it took my ideas and made me have to think about them entirely different. Right. But what I realized is that, you know, connecting, this just led to new opportunities because connecting is something you can do, like I said, from anywhere these days with the right. cell phones in your pocket, with the computer. So we've been doing things like, you know, I've been starting this uh, IGTV talk sessions live going live on Instagram, talking about different things with different people, all, you know, people I've met over the years, whether they're, um, you know, older, younger, black, right. white, just having these really deep personal one-on-ones to explain to them. And a lot of the feedback that they've been getting as they've been listening to the music is right now that, that the songs are giving them power because it was all about me manifesting some of that in myself. Wow, that's what's up, man. I think I was able to check out one of those IG TV sessions you did, yeah, man. man. So that's it, was, dope. it was it was deep. Last night it was a pretty emotional one. Um, wow. I've had a lot of people hitting me up. You know, a lot of especially a lot of allies trying to trying to holler and understand really what's going on. Mm-hmm. And we did an IGTV one with a with one of my homegirls who who came through to New York to visit me when I was living in New York a few years back. And she's white, and she was driving. I was driving her car. I was a DD, and we got pulled over right in front of my house, and she got to witness something she never thought she'd wow. see, you know, like she, she got to witness how the cops essentially treat black men. Wow. All in the moment. And I, yeah, and it was the first, you know, what was deep about it, brother. It was, it was the first time her and I ever talked about it. Like it happened. And I was, I, I had to spend a few hours in, in, in the jail cell in Harlem. And, you know, my friends, um, the next morning I got out, and it was it was a false it was a false arrest. I didn't they had they had a warrant, but it wasn't for me and whatnot. And the, my license was suspended, whatever. But what happened is I got back and I never talked about it with her. And we've never talked about it until last night. And while we were talking about it, it got pretty emotional, man. I it brought up a lot of feelings that I didn't even know I had. Wow. You know, I always hear when we start having the conversations, that's when the healing begins. So oh, true. I feel like um that could have been a part of what you were experiencing too, man. Wow. Yeah, yeah, man. And I think everybody right now, especially has, they, we all have to take action. And that's for real. Like what, what I was talking about with the uh, conversations. I was at a, at a protest recently, and a sister said, she was like, the um, action doesn't have to mean that you have to come to a protest. It doesn't mean you have to be an activist. It doesn't mean that you have to, you know, be on the streets fighting and, and fist up in the air. It's just whatever you do, whatever your purpose is, just put that towards the movement. So if you paint, paint. If yeah. you rap, rap. If you dance, dance. If you write, write. You know, like whatever it is. If you're good at digital media, if you're good at, you know, having a radio show, if you got a radio show, if you're, you want to bring it into your job, and that's what's important. And so for me, it's connecting and, and just talking to people and, and wow. understanding and, and communicating ideas and, and music and art and bringing people together through building community. That's what my whole thing is. So, you know, that's that. just what I'm trying to do. And I'm trying to do that digitally, like through Zooms and IG Live and all that stuff. Big and ups we'll to you, man, in, for doing in, that. In real life. Yeah. There's a, a track on the Afronaut LP titled Over and Done. And yes. I feel like the title Shout speaks. Out to bus crates. 
Word, word. Um, I feel like the title speaks to the fed up and tired mentality that us as African Americans and you know people that support the struggle have had for quite some time, right? Having to deal with police brutality and you know racial injustice. What do you think it would take for oppression and racial injustice and just this ongoing fight of um? you know, against police brutality to be over and done? Um, I've been thinking about that a lot, man. I think we all have, and probably yeah. a lot longer than the last two weeks. Um, you know, seeing the death of George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, mm -hmm. these things hit home, man, because we all, because so many of us know people who have been uh, either brutal, brutalized or, or murdered by the police. And yes. the, the simple fact of the, the matter is um people kill people right it happens in our in our world unfortunately but when you kill someone and you don't get away and you get away with it you don't even get charged you don't even get you know you don't have to go to jail you just get paid leave um and it's it's systematic man i think a lot of it has to come down to we need allies to especially white, white people to realize that um this problem isn't going to get dealt with until they want to deal with it. You know what I mean? Like we mm -hmm. can keep fighting and we can keep doing a lot of that stuff, but they got to be willing to to step up too. And mm -hmm. I think it's going to take generations, man. I think it's going to take those conversations, like I said, yeah. but it's also going to take us. It's also going to take us holding people accountable to that. You know, I, like I've been getting a lot of messages and calls and, you know, from, from people who are of other races or, or really just wanting to show support for the work I'm doing, but I'll keep, pressing them you know this ain't a trend man this is my life this is my yeah. experience and, and the more po the more that people can take that into account and realize that that we don't all have to agree on the response but we all have to agree to uh, agree to respond you know what i mean yes. so it's um it's gonna take a lot man it's just gonna take a lot and we just gotta keep fighting but here's on another note i always like to remind people about how much progress we have made right you know what i mean like and this is kind of twofold in sideways because Dr. King, um, Malcolm X, you know, these people could be alive right now. They're not that, they wouldn't have been that old. They were taken young and they were taken away from us and their sacrifice gave us movements and gave us progress, but we have to continue to fight. And if you look back a hundred years, the, the differentiation of where we are and the, it's different, but it's, it's progress. We have to be aware that we are fighting and we fight well. And so we got to just keep going. Mm. Man, point well taken, man. Thank you. <laughs> I, you know, it's just, it's in me, man. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to have those conversations. I'm not a saint. No, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not yeah, the hero. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's what the, the astronaut, one of the astronaut phrases is that, you know, don't wait to be, don't don't wait for the hero. Just try to be the hero. Indeed. Try to be the hero. You know, I really got to say, man, I love the way you started off Space Ninja with the track Pyramids. You say, mm -hmm. uh, my people built the pyramids. My heritage is serious. Yeah. How important yeah. is it for us as African people to know our glorious history? And what does it do for our progressive future? Well, the Afronaut, you know, my Afronaut motto, the mission statement, 
mm-hmm. is to create a better future by honoring the past, right? Dope. You can't do that. You can't have, you have no future, no future without the past. And you can't look towards anything without the present. So you have to be very, I think we have to be very involved in understanding our history, understanding as much as we can about where we come from, what's, what's been done before, because, you know, the world, the life is, is it's rose in cycles. Um, and the same things that we're dealing with now, like even with the Black Lives Matter movement, we were dealing with this five years ago. I was in, in Baltimore um, and in New York and Philly for Eric Garner, for Freddie, for Freddie uh, Gray, protests and walking down those streets. Um, and now we're right back here again. So we got to learn from the mistakes we made then. And I love seeing the, the organization that's happening now. But the same thing with the, with the, bus, the bus boycotts, with the, the, freedom, the freedom riders. You know, like this stuff is all, it's all a part of the plan. You know, even, even on, on other levels in terms of the United States as a whole, it's just there's been other powers, world powers before. There's been other dynasties, other empires. Um, people have been around for years, but before that there was, there was, you know, there was dinosaurs. Everything comes in, it comes in, in waves, man. We just got to be prepared and learn as much as we can. Knowledge is power. Mm. Knowledge, you know, knowledge born wisdom. Definitely. So um, that's important to remember, man. I think that's, that's the key. Yeah. yeah. Is as much as we can learn, uh, we can grow. Indeed. Indeed. And, you know, I'll also say to going back to the past to see, our greatness, the way we've been successful, but then also looking at the mistakes or the, yes. you know, the, yes. the the pitfalls and learning how not to make that moving forward. So, like I said, man, yeah. big ups to you for starting the album like that, man. That was just like, okay, we starting the album glorious. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Well, yeah, no, and, and that one, you know, too, I, I also on that song, I, I shout out, you know, the first line I think is, is about, um, about the, the the way people have compared us to native tongues, you know, tribe and right. and all these cats. And they, yeah. you know, sometimes people say we're stealing the flow. Well, we're not stealing the flow, man. We're, we're doing, we're just building on it. So there's a, there's a difference between that, you know, and I think that to give honor to those artists who came before me is important to me because like I said, doom, biggie tribe. Yeah. Those are my forefathers. You know what I mean. Yeah. They they laid the groundwork for me to be able to do this. I caught and before that. them. I definitely you know? caught that line. I was like, I see the homage right there. You were giving homage to tribe on that track. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And another thing too about it, man. You, we were talking about like looking back on the past. There's another song called Ma Rainey. Uh, and Ma Rainey, for those that don't know, Ma Rainey was an artist um, during the Harlem Renaissance, and she was very flamboyant and out. Um, and, and, you know, she, she was very, um, powerful too in her time, like uh, a diva. She was a diva, Mm. but the song itself is about mental health. And so on the song, I talk about my mental health and my struggle with, you know, depression and anxiety. And the last line is take the last line is take time for self, protect your mental wealth, your mental health. But I also say, go back and look at your old verses. I t- it's me talking to myself and telling myself, go back and look at your old verses because those can give you so much power. The things that you thought before, and, and building on those ideas. So, you know, I just want to say that for all the young artists too. Don't don't be, you know, it's it's building blocks, man. Yeah, 
Wow, great point, man. Great point. Okay, so my next question is all right, so on the I'm new, ready. Yeah. <laughs> so on your new album, on this album, Space Ninja, you tap into your connection with the interstellar outer space cosmic world, right? And I gotta yeah. say, man, pretty, pretty dope. Uh I like to see you, <laughs> you. going that direction, you know. And I mean the whole space space ninja thing kind of you know speaks for itself so i personally have been following a bit of astrology lately and taking a look at how astrology relates to the times we're living in people say we're you know we're entering into the aquarian age um do you think astrology has an impact on some of the stuff we're experiencing now like what's your take on that i mean uh I believe I believe in that just as much as I believe in what God is. Mm. You know, like I think I think there's a bigger purpose for everything, and I'm not gonna you know like I I don't I don't necessarily even believe in religions, but I believe in faith and I believe in spirituality, and I believe that there when there's a, there's a bigger purpose for us all in the scope of where we stand and beyond this world, there's a million other planets and stars yeah. that are that are placed there and have purpose. And we don't know what that purpose is. We don't know what it all means, but I do feel like there's energy that surrounds our earth, right? That gives us life, that gives us death, that keeps our spirits, that gives us the, the ability to think and to be able to be creative. And, you know, there's like, I talked about some of my issues with anxiety and depression and, mm -hmm. and things like that. Those, those moods that we have, they're aligned into something greater than ourselves. Mm. Uh, um, and so, you know, when I talk about astrology, and I'm not a super, you know, like, I'm not super sitting up here and read your birth chart. Right, right. But I do believe that everybody's energy reflects differently into this, this pattern of this universe, right? And there's power in the earth. We know that. Right. We know that. There's power in the elements. We know that yes. the sun has power, great power, so much power that we have to shield ourselves from it. And mm -hmm. with that said, you know, I'm not a scientist. I, I, I enjoy learning more about it every day. I'm always very curious about it, but it's so much more than we'll ever be able to understand and the ideas that are behind it. So I look at it like this. Um, What's gonna What's gonna happen? What are we gonna learn? Where are we gonna be? And the the Earth, we're still learning so much more about that and its powers. And you know, like I watch a lot of fantasy and a lot of uh, sci-fi and stuff like that. I love I love just the ideas of the imagination of where it could take us. Yeah. And I think that astrology does have something to do with it because, like I said, everything is there for a reason. Right. 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 That that makes sense, man. Uh, everything is here for a reason. That that that's a great way to look at it. Staying on this topic of astrology, I won't go too deep into it, but you know, astrology and the planets. I want to so to reference another dope song on your album. I just want to <laughs> say thank you. I've never seen the Jupiter sunrise, and I don't think the world <laughs> is flat. <laughs> But um, tell me a little bit about what you were thinking with this. What is the Jupiter sunrise and what makes it so fascinating? 
so so that's actually kind of a double entendre mm. actually because you know it, it is spacey but uh the town that i uh when i was i was born and raised in new york and then my family kind of moved around a lot my dad's a community organizer he worked in you know for different nonprofits, for different organizations and and foundations and one of the places that we found ourselves where i went to art school was down in south florida um i spent about a few years there before college um and you know really when you're a high school kid that's really where you do a lot of your growing um mm -hmm. when you're in high school you know teenage years um and the town that in jupiter uh, in, in florida is called jupiter jupiter florida that's where we live oh, which is actually okay. one of the most aff affluent areas in the country um it's where tiger woods lives celine dion lived for a long time joe namath um a small community but within the community there's also a pocket called limestone creek where a lot of where that's an unincorporated pocket where a lot of um the, the the black community essentially and so when i talk about the jupiter sunrise what i'm talking about is that like gift of when we used to be the homies and i used to be just aspiring to more and having to deal with people who were so close-minded you know we used to you used to wake up early I remember my family used to wake up early on a new a New Year's Day, and, and uh, just go outside. As I got older, I started staying out late, and I would just stay up. And we'd go, we'd always go to the beach and watch the uh, the sunrise, the first sunrise of the year. And I think there's just something special about that, you know. Like it's kind of like looking at looking at the world and knowing that the world's not flat, uh, even though people around you may be very closed-minded or may be shutting you off. Right, right. To have that understanding of we're going to rise above this. We're going to, you know, like, and I, and I wasn't, and I came from a middle-class family. So like to be able to be kind of caught between some of that stuff, uh, to have so much privilege and so much opportunity and to see how people, how people can be, uh, when they have money, when they have privilege, how closed-minded they still can be. It always made me aspire to something. So it's also kind of, you know, like it's a, it's a futuristic, uh, vibe you know people used to call me nerdy for watching sci-fi and bill nye and all that stuff yeah but, you said that in the you know i'm here uh, now yeah. <laughs> i'm so, here now you know and, and i'm giving it my all and i'm and i'm trying to change things wow so it's pretty dope but uh, jupiter is an actual earthly location that you were connected mm -hmm. with that's dope yeah we call it j-town and that's actually we're, we're dropping next month i think we're dropping the music video nice. which uh i actually went back down to south florida for art basil and we, me and my homegirl uh, chain of Kofax, we shot the uh, the video down in Miami, uh, you know, so kind of bring it a little bit full circle. Nice, nice. Dope, dope. So I got one more question for the Space Ninja. I got some more, but keeping it in the cosmos area, <laughs> I got another question for you. Right. And this is assuming that they actually exist, right? If you could communicate yeah. with an extraterrestrial life form, what would you say to them about the human experience? Ah, oh, man. Um, I believe I have, man. <laughs> I <laughs> you believe know, I definitely have. Oh, wow. Sometimes I think about it. I'm like, man, that person, what are they about? Like, <laughs> where are they from? Um, you know, that's a deep question. I love that question. Um, what would I say to them about the human experience? Yeah. Like, if, would, you, if, uh, if you felt like they had, like, misconceptions, like, what would you want them to know? I would want them to know that humans have evolved into a very 
very complicated uh, species. And I mean that to say that over, I say the first part of it is that we've evolved into this because I don't think that we were always as complicated as we are now. Uh I think that that's actually the beauty, the beauty of our evolution has been, you know, from um, as we've, we've used our brains to develop more technology, we're still evolving. That's what's crazy. I mean, you even just look at how, how, how much smarter and uh, the attention levels of, of kids these days, if you spend any time around kids, you can tell like, you know, how deep the brain is and how, and how, it's, how much it's evolving. But the complexities of us are really even beyond our, our knowledge. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the fact that the, the way the human body works, the way that we are the top predator on this country, in, I mean, in this world, mm-hmm. um, on our planet. And um, that that is ever changing and becoming even more and more, you know, it's kind of scary to think about, but what are people going to be like in a hundred years? Wow. You know, think about where, like I said before, think about where we were a hundred years ago mm-hmm. and, and just, it's, 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 it's a really deep thing, man. I, I don't, that's the one that actually, that actually has me kind of like, no you know, doubt, I no think doubt. about just the, com- the complexities of human nature. Right. But I, you know, I'd, I'd actually, I, if I met an alien and knew they were an alien and extraterrestrial, I feel like if they're here, they know more about us than maybe we know. Yeah, so, you know that's what the I mean? other thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you think they would say to that's you just, based on your understanding of the cosmos? Oh, I think that they would say that I don't. I know nothing. I'm. I'm a. I'm. I'm wrong about so much. Right. And and I'm so so you know, ignorant to what is actually going on. Cause I think we all are. Right. I think we, I think we make up a lot of things. We think uh, we know, but which we don't is natural. Really know. That's part of yeah. human nature to make up things about, to make up stories about things you can't explain. Wow. I, I think I agree with you on that, man. They may actually say that <laughs> word. Yeah, man. I, I, and I take it and I listen. I'll be like, yep. <laughs> I'll be like, Yep, tell me more. Tell me more. Right, right. Probably my favorite track on the Space Ninja album is the song entitled New Money Anthem. And just reflecting on the subject matter, like that's the song that caught my attention. I'm going to just keep it real. Like that's the one I was like, yo, (laughs) I like this. I like this, brother. I like what he's saying. I like where he's going with this. Yeah. And I just wanted to say, like reflecting on the subject matter of the song, I wanted to ask you, at what point does money or access to wealth become a dangerous thing? You know, I think about that a lot. I mean, so I have a background, actually, in banking. Mm. Um, that's, you know, uh, it's, it's kind of been my bread and butter over the years as I've, you know, built my business as an artist. It was always something that I kind of turned down to being a, a business specialist. For, for small businesses and a sales specialist and working in the banking industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so finance, and, and I got into that because of the fact that I was so financially ignorant myself. I didn't know anything. Uh, coming from a middle-class family, my parents were the first in their generation to go to college. Mm. So when they did, they achieved a level of success like a lot of our, a lot of our, um, you know, our leaders from that, that generation. Right. But because they didn't have their parents and the people before them didn't have that knowledge to pass on, on, on economics, they weren't able to teach me the things that, you know, they, there was things that they didn't know. 
And so my, my kind of purpose over the last few years, especially has been to learn as much as I can about that stuff because it's powerful, especially in this capitalist society that we have. And so I think that at a certain point, first and foremost, I don't think, you know, there's an idea that money is inherently bad. Money right. is nothing more than an object, right? Mm-hmm. Money is something that represents uh, represents what people have and how people trade. Yes. That's all it is. Um, what makes it bad, though, is the system that we put in place. And our capitalist system right now has is built around oppression. Um, and that's not to say that I'm against capitalism either. It's, it's the fact that I think that there needs to be checks and balances in any system. Right. So, you know, people who are talking about democratic socialism is a very popular concept with Bernie and with uh, ideas of like things, institutions like uh, healthcare, you know, uni- universal healthcare and things like that. Right. But deeper than that, we need to think about, especially in our community, how we use wealth, how we view wealth, how we understand how money is traded between people and what that means to the communities that, that aren't getting funds from tax dollars and things like that. So, you know, like one of the lines and I, I, I um, attribute that verse, actually that song to me, listening to J Cole, mm. because I really love when J Cole breaks it down on songs like brackets, mm-hmm. where he talks about, you know, where your tax dollars going, why can't you use an app? You know, it just makes you think. And, uh, and a lot of times when I'm in these communities and people, our people especially don't understand that, mm-hmm. that, for instance, issues with the cops, it's not all about the cops. It's about the economic injustice that makes somebody have to be a criminal. Like, for instance, you know, like, if, you're, if you have a suspended license, you can't, you can't rely on police for protection. You can't get a job. It could be, you, you, you know, your license, you could be, have a warrant for something petty, for something super petty, like unpaid parking tickets just because you couldn't pay parking tickets and that can ruin your whole life because now you can't get a job Mm. you can't feed your family so what do you do you have to turn to unorthodox unsanctioned forms of of revenue you have to protect yourself in a different way by having you know unlicensed firearms and these things so you know we have to look at how our capitalist society is really informing our actions and what that means and Capitalism in America is built on oppression. Until we acknowledge that, until we decide to really deal with that, you know, we have to. That's something that we have to really take it, take into account. And in my one of my big purposes, having that that background in finance and banking, is to educate young people about that. Young artists, especially, mm-hmm. um, young black artists, especially, because you know the only reason I'm doing I'm here at 30 plus years old doing this right now is because I learned tools mm-hmm. to be able to make money with my art to utilize my skills to enterprise and i'm not you know i'm not kanye west i'm not i ain't on the forbes list right right but i'm 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 grinding out here for my money and i understand what the importance of that is and i understand how to take my skills and make money off of it and we need to do that more like with kids with young people teach them how to you know and not everybody's going to be kanye or jay-z or Lil wayne Mm mm-hmm but they can be, they can do, they can make money doing things that are, are important and utilize their very unique skill sets. Indeed, indeed. That's a pretty admirable approach, man. So props to you for wanting to yeah, include man. that. Yeah, man. We, 
my homie, I mentioned him before, George Cassius, uh, a.k.a. Cylon, he actually started working out, you know, he's been get, he was a, a music engineer and, and had this, you know, sound design and started working in VR and game design and started, you know, he's wow. managing a, a arcade, a VR arcade in school in Brooklyn. And, you know, they had, they have a camp every summer that they do. And we were looking around and we were like, and he was like, yo, there's, there's not many kids of color in this camp. And this is a, a STEM based, um, we use the term STEAM now because we include arts, but right. a STEM based program where kids are developing skills and these kids don't look like us. Wow. They don't have, our kids who look like us don't have these opportunities. So we're trying to, we actually just starting a, starting up a, uh, scholarship fund to get some kids enrolled in that program, you know, to develop those skills. So hopefully they can get a leg up when applying to colleges, when applying to, you know, learning how to develop games and, and, um, and get these skills so that they can, you know, turn that into some income maybe later down the road. Mm, wow, man, that's what's up, man. And, you know, I, I, I gotta say, when I read your bio, it did hint that you have a history with, with activism and I could just hear it. I could hear it as you talk. But I'm curious to know, like, how do you see your activism uh, existing today? Like, you know, as opposed to what it might have been prior. Like, is that evolving in a new way for you? Do you see a whole new yeah. approach to it? Yeah, it really is, man. I mean, as I'm getting older, I'm learning more about myself. Mm. And that's the key. Um, the more you can learn about yourself, and what your purpose is and not just what your your purpose has to reflect um what your what your heart where your heart is but mm -hmm. then also what you can do like i think we have and especially black men have this complex i call it the martin luther king complex right mm -hmm. where we all want to be on the podium giving the big speech we all feel like we have to give our lives to the cause we all feel like we have to be the one who's who's in the textbook so they remember our name you know, um, and we don't we don't celebrate the other members of the movement as much as we do Dr. King. Yeah. And there's reasons for that. And, you know, I'm not taking any flowers away from Dr. King, obviously. Right. But we have to remember that there was hundreds of people who were part of that movement. Everybody had a job. Everybody did their job. They played their role. You know, I'm a sports fan, so I look at it like, you know, on the team, on the, you know, when we watched the, 90, the 97 Bulls, you know, Steve Kerr made jump shots. You got, you know, you got, you got Cat Dennis Rodman played his role in getting zero points, putting down rebounds. We got roles to play, man. And for me personally, I'm learning that my role isn't always about being front. And, you know, I talk like I speak well and I, and I, and I'm cool with talking and being out there as a leader and, you know, sharing my art and poetry, but I have skills in design and, you know, project management and digital media and, and these things where I can support other people's projects, you know, I can get, I can help raise the next generation and teach, teach people about things like finance. So I think everybody just has to figure out what it is that they want to do, what they do well and how they want to contribute. Like I said before, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be being in the front. You don't have to be at the protest. Do what you can do, you know, if it's raising money, if it's just giving a little money, if it's just giving a little bit of your time. I have a homegirl, um, Chicano homegirl out here who was, I was talking to her on Instagram the other day and she was telling me about how she feels like her purpose, she's a teacher, she feels like her purpose, that's, that's going to be her vessel. Mm. 
Mm. And so, you know, she wanted to get some books and stuff like that. And she's doing fundraisers to get books so she can learn more about how to teach the black and brown kids. And, and with that, you know, outside of the, the systems and stuff like that. I think that's, that stuff is important, man. It's so important for everybody to just stay, you know, stay in their lane and just, you know, don't, and if you don't want to stay in your lane, just put the blinkers on and just communicate with the other drivers. Like, cause we all gotta, we all gotta get there. I like that, man. Everyone has a role. It's part of the collective. That's what's up. Yep. Yep. The kids, you know, there's that old African proverb, man. It takes, it takes a community to raise, you know, it takes a village. Right. Right. And it really does. It really does. I didn't want to leave this interview without asking you about this. Tell me a little bit about your production camp, Art House 95. I noticed that on the album, um, it has a quite a lot of instrumentation that kind of leads up to the vocals. And there's moments where like, yeah. you know, I'll hear you spit a verse and then it'll be like for like the next two minutes on the remainder of the track, it's just instrumentals. <laughs> um, How did you guys collaborate yeah. ideas for the project to end up the way it did? Uh, yeah, man. Uh, like I said, I have a, a background. When we started, when I started, it was live organic instrument instrumentation with the beats and verbs. Uh, you know, started doing production myself. Uh, in the early part of my career, started doing it for other artists being in the studio, I realized early on, I'm not a traditional musician. It wasn't my number one skill. Um, my main skill is as a project manager. I met and, and collabed with so many great artists and, you know, my skill set doing so many other things, like I said, digital design, digital uh, media marketing and stuff like that. And being able to be a communicator and connector. And um, so over the years, I just built this really dope uh, network and my network is my net worth. And, um, you know, a lot of the cats based on, on the East coast. So we started calling it art house 95 because essentially it was wherever I was living and all the cats who I would, you know, do these regional tours with and stuff that was all down I 95 corridor from New York to Jersey, to Philly, to Maryland, to DC, to, you know, Virginia, down all the way to Florida. And so we would just, I'd just connect with different people and collab. And so when we started the crew, um, I just started hosting these different sessions when I moved back to Philly back in uh, 2017. Mm -hmm. And we just started hosting these little jam sessions at the studio. You know, I would, I would book the time and have people come through. Um, amazing musicians, man, like Track Rabbit and Bus Crates, who did the first album, the Afronite album. He primarily produced that whole album and he was a real catalyst for, uh, and he's based out of Pittsburgh, best crate 16 bit ensemble. And I met the dudes track rabbit. Who's a, a alt jazz duo uh, out of Philadelphia and, you know, so many other musicians, man, who, mm -hmm. who I've been working with. So I started hosting these sessions, just having people come through on, you know, Saturday, Sundays, late night, come through, run tape, just jam. Mm. Um, just play music. Let's just have fun. Let's drink some beer. Let's, you know, let's get some, uh, you know, let's get some smoke in the air. Let's, let's have a good time. Let's talk about, let's have real conversations with each other while we're doing this. Let's put down this music. Let's listen to music together. Um, and we would just run tape, man. And these dudes would go off on some crazy stuff, man. Mm -hmm. Some amazing musicians. And so when I, when it was all said and done, I have all these hard drives of like these jam sessions that are like, some of them 10, 10 minutes long, 10 plus wow. minutes. 
and I sat down and I started editing them. And then we started doing specific sessions at, uh, and one we did in Turtle Studio back in December 2018, where I, I had like the MVP, the all star cast, and we had like a retreat day. We called it Art House, we called it Art House 95 Vibe Day. And we just Dope. had everybody come through for the day with the purpose of doing this album. And it's all live instrumentation. We didn't want to do no, no, you send me beats and I raid and none of that stuff. It was just like, you know, here's some ideas that, that we've had from previous jam sessions. Let's iron through these, let's organize these. And my man, JS, uh, Johan Sebastian, who, who was the co-executive producer on the project. He was the main engineer. He, uh, you know, he just kind of, he played uh, a coach that day, manager on the baseball team, and, and led us through it all. We had three rooms of musicians playing all throughout the day, and vocalists laying down verses. Wow. And he and I shaped it, you know, back and forth on email when I was in the Bay Area and he was in Philly, just for about a year creating the album and taking those, all those, all that stuff, and turning it into songs and, and, and compositions and. We still got so much stuff even to go through. <laughs> you could so definitely the project, the hear the next project's on the way. Wow, you could definitely hear the chemistry on the album. I could see that you guys have, you know, a nice blend of working with each other. Nice. Well, yeah, man. A lot of these cats I've been touring with. You know, wow. like you mentioned the Odyssey. Um, I know Odyssey's been on the program with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. He was a big influence to me. Uh, I did some shows and with him back in. I want to say 2012, 2013, and saw his band Good Company, and you know got to talk to him about how he he did his work, right. and that's that man's a genius as far as I'm concerned. Right, but right. you know, Odyssey, people like man. Jazzy Jeff, um, yeah, man, just in his playlist retreat, we just wanted to do something like that, and you know, having people on the NPCs playing the beats live and. Um, making live beats right then and there, have people on electronic drums, on real drums, yeah. percussions, horns, um, different keyboards, multiple keyboards at the same time, jamming, just playing together and just having fun and being creative together, man. It was a beautiful experience. Wow. And we're, we're doing it more, and it's, it's become the foundation for what we're trying to build. Now, do you do something, do you do, do you do like instrumentation yourself? I think, you know, a couple of performances I've seen you do on YouTube, like, I see you on the board yourself. Are you lending? Yeah, I produce, your, your, your I produce but I'm I'm not. I don't I don't consider myself like a beat maker. Okay. Uh, I mean, I make beats. You know what I mean. But a lot of the stuff that that we create even is like you know my idea is chopping samples or 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 playing around with sounds. But it's not thought. You know, like I don't I don't put out the finished product without without working with other people and collabing. Uh, just because that's just my my nature, man. I'm just a like I said, I'm somebody who I want to, I, I always like doing group projects in school. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, and I like managing that and, and working with people on that. And, um, you know, there's so many talented people. I, I know my lane and yeah. I do, uh, I DJ as well. So a lot of, you know, I, 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 when I perform sometimes without the band and everything, yeah, I'm, I'm on the decks and I'm, you know, doing live mixes and mashups and stuff like that and keeping the flow. Dope. And that's really how I think too. You know, I, I, I learned, and I tell this to every MC I meet. You're a producer. You're a DJ. producer at heart. Like you, you know how to bring people yeah. together musically. Yeah. Yeah. And I think even before produ production and uh -huh. MCing, it's, it's DJing, right? right? That's how it all started with hip hop, especially. Yeah. But there's a reason for that. Cause if you don't understand how people interact with music, mm. that's what DJs do. That's what, 
the power of DJing is you watch people interact with music and you learn how to, the structures of songs, you learn the flow of songs, song to song, how to put together a set, how to put together an album, how to put together a mix, how to put together effects, utilize all those tools. And then you start building on top of that, adding your own productions, adding your own vocals, adding other people's stuff. So that's always how my mind is thinking. Dope, dope. Now, I want to go back to the track that you spoke about earlier, Ma Rainey. Uh, in the track, you state, take time for yourself. My brothers, protect your mental health. And I know you mentioned that earlier as well. I'm just curious yeah. to know, in 2020, what does mental health look like for you? Ooh. What are a couple safe things you do or would like to do to practice good mental health in these times? Yeah, I ain't here front, man. I'm still dealing with it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, especially the last few months, I'm an extrovert, but I'm also um, somebody who likes to be, you know, at home. I like comf the comfort of my space. I like, I, I, I'm not a big, at this point in my life, I'm not big on going and being, you know, seen in the clubs and all that stuff. And, you know, I'm also battling with some things on my own in, in terms of, my past and, and, you know, things like my, my health, my, my um, physical health and trying to lose weight and stuff like that. I think it's just important for us to breathe, man, like to breathe and to take time for ourselves and think about what it is that you really want to do. What's going to give you purpose? What's going to give you passion? What's going to give you life? Um, and so for me personally, the whole album, every song on that album was written for me. It was written for me to talk to myself. And, you know, when I say things like, um, take time for self, my brothers protect your mental health, I'm talking to myself. On the song Affirmations, I say, it starts off, and I always joke about this, it says, water in the morning, balance. You know, like, yoga every morning. Mm -hmm. It says, water by the, <laughs> I messed up my own line, but it says, water in the morning by the ounces. Yoga in the morning, feel balanced. Like, like that's what I need to do. I need to drink that water, stretch it out every morning. Remind yourself. That's the affirmation. You know, keep it, keep it, keep it flowing, man. Like, I think it's um. For me, I just want to. I I, I want to stay. I want to stay positive. I want to stay active in my mind, and my body, and my soul. Wow. And I'm learning how to do that every day. And it's not easy. It's not easy for all of us. Um, but, you know, the music helps. And, and, and be intentional in that. And it's amazing how many people hit me up and be like, yo, I needed to hear this today. Right, right. You know? Wow. You know, even songs like Raw Smoothie, when I talk about the leaving my ex and, and, and being okay with that and understanding what it is, that's, that's for me reminding myself, man, what are you looking for in partnership? What are you looking for in, in your work, in your job? What is important to you? You know, like, right. that's so important. My people built the pyramids. I got to tell myself that to remind myself. Yes. People before me had it harder. They, they had it harder than I did, and they rose. They right. rose to those occasions. They yeah, were yeah. great. I think you have a line where you say, um, we haven't reached the stars, but we're still reaching up. I forget what song that you said something like that. Yeah, that's, that's Ross movie. You're always Ross movie. Yeah. Yep, yep. Listen, yeah. brother, I thank you so much for 
communicating with me today. I really had a good time having this conversation. Oh, man. This was a great interview, man. I appreciate your questions. I appreciate your energy, man. Oh, thank you, man. Before we close the interview, I couldn't leave without relating to your single affirmations. And I know you just mentioned it earlier as well. It's just so on time. But I wanted to humbly ask you to leave us with an affirmation considering the times we're living in. What would be an affirmation yeah, you would leave us with? That song is all Chaina Koufax wrote that hook, man. She wrote that hook on the bus. I sent her the beat. She wrote it on the bus on the way to the studio. Shout out to it her, man. I love the me, way man. she sounds too, man. Yeah, she's dope. She's Great so vocals. dope. And we got a project coming out for her soon. So her single's about to drop. So stay tuned for that. Um nice. Yeah, man. Affirmations, man. What would you leave Let us me think. with, man? What is, what is, what's, a, what's a good um, affirmation to go out with? Considering all the craziness that's happening, like, in the world, in America, like, what would you leave us with? Take your time. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm thinking uh, I want it to be impactful. You know, one of the things that I always just think about is do what's natural, do what's purposeful, find, find love in that, find, find, find happiness in that. Like just whatever it is that you do that brings you joy and purpose is what you're meant to do. And even if it's not bringing you money or, fame or or you're not getting your flowers for it just stay that course because it always catches up nice thank yeah, you i think a lot of times people try to do stuff that they don't that they you know just to to follow the to to get the likes to get the attention just be just be honest with yourself about what you like doing and what you feel purposeful doing nice nice i like that man thank you so, uh, MH, man, like I said, man, thank you again. Much success to you with this project and with all the other stuff you got coming. Uh, any shout-outs or any, um, you know, you want to give the people your website or your social networks where they can find you? Any, you know, anything you want the people to know? Yeah, man, I got uh, um, to say thank you to my Art House 95 family. Uh, to my publicists, Andre Barnes, uh, Trap Rabbit, Hoof Knots, Christina Lees, uh, Chain of Kofax, Bus Crates, Cylon, JS, um, JR, so many people, man, to thank. Uh, I got some new projects coming out. One of the things that's been really great is uh, being being able to spend time with my family and uh, be home and, and, and organize. And, you know, I, I, I really do feel like, and here's another affirmation is just, um, take, take time to, to not, don't put pressure on yourself. Just take time and, and things will come. And, uh, you know, everything happens for a reason. And I'm here now working on, I got a new project coming out later this summer, an instrumental project. Yeah. Check out mhtheverb.com at mhtheverb. And I, and I urge anyone who's listening, man, hit me up. Just, just connect with me. I'm all about that. Send me a D slide in the DM. You know what I mean? <laughs> let's, let's share ideas and let's build. Wow, that's what's up, man. Much respect, MH, man. And thank you to all our listeners for tuning in. 
Always remember that you can find us at um, a few of the different podcast platforms. We're on Anchor.fm. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts. We put out a new episode every Friday. Make sure to go subscribe. Go to OutTheBoxMedia.com. Click on the menu tab and click on subscribe and just put your email and your name or your nickname, whatever, just so we could keep in contact and keep you updated with our our shows and everything happening with Out The Box. MH, much respect, much love, man. Much Yo, success. thank you. Creole, thank you very much, man. I appreciate what y'all are doing, the community y'all are building. Appreciate it. You got a fan, you got a family. You know, holla at your boy anytime you need me, and and I'm and I'm I'm right there with you, building the future. All right. Remember the past. All right. Out Wonderful. the box. Yes, man. Thank you again. And just like that, we out of here. Peace. Peace.